Hey, wake up. Huh? Why? It's 4 a.m. and time for a decanter of banter with Harry Ravel Lee. But I've got an exam tomorrow. But it's Southeast Queensland's most controversial 4 to 5 a.m. radio show. Get the up. No, I've got my final med exam tomorrow. Come on, 4 a.m.'s the best part of the day. No, ouch, what the hell? Wake the hell up, stop up. <laughs> it's a decanter of banter. Good morning. Good morning, how you doing? Oh, really? Oh, it's that bad. Have you tried aloe vera? Anyway, well, I'm well. Thanks for asking. I'm a tad sleepy. I was about to go to bed last night. Obviously, at a more reasonable hour when you have to get up at, you know, circa 3.16 a.m. But I called my parents. I realised I hadn't spoken to them in over two weeks. They barely recognised my voice. They said, how much money do you want? So it's me, Harry. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I, I told Dad, uh, as it got late, I said, look, I've, I've got my radio tomorrow. I've got to get up. It's at 4 a.m. He said, get a better time slot. And he kept on talking. Had rugby union. I saw the Reds. I saw the Reds on Sunday. Never been to a live professional rugby union. It was compulsory back in high school to go watch the first play. What a wank. But, um, you know, first Reds game, it's a bit like rugby league. There are more tall guys in Aaron Williams' boots standing around saying, I went to school with him, 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 and him. No, there were a few drop balls. It was a bit wet. The rain was probably to blame for a lot of it. But you know what? I'm aware that you know some of our taxpayers' money goes into funding this, this sport. So whenever they dropped it, butterfingers... You know, I just yell out, you know, some of our taxpayers' money goes into this. You should be catching it. It's a waste of our taxpayers' money. And there was a bloke with the, the Reds hat, the Reds jersey, the red scarf in front of me, and he, he turned around and said, he nodded, and he said, yep, you're actually right. It's a little bit like uh, when, when like a swimmer at the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games, they come fourth or something. It's a little bit disappointing. You know, they qualified first. And they come up to the Channel 7 interviewer and they, you know, they say something like, oh, you know, I tried, but you know what? I had a lot of fun out there. You know, we're not paying you to have fun. Our taxpayers' money is not, go- is not funding people having fun, all right? Get gold. Go and get a gold medal um, so that we can all feel like we've all won, even though all we did was sit there. In fact, I almost did... I almost did negative things because you know I'd taken my dog for a walk and it's done a it's done a poop on the athletics track at the local field. No one gets paid to have fun, other than that guy who used to host Ready Steady Cook. He 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 seemed like he was having a lot of fun. It recently it came to light after the show finished that he was having like quite a few lagers before every episode. Um, uh, you probably need that as well. well. Mind you, wine does go very well with some of that food, the, the meat dishes. Um, this week's show is massive. Um, this week's show is, is probably it's probably like a two dollar ninety nine per kilo capsicum 
at Woolies. You know, this is a super special episode. We uh, interviewed a, a, a great local band, Twinfolds, and that is coming up for you right now. So, without much further ado, the exclusive interview with Twinfolds, followed by um, the exclusive first listen to their latest single, which doesn't drop till Friday. So, we're getting a little bit of a head start here. Um, it's called Red Light, and I think you're all going to love it. And if you don't, it's your fault. But here is the exclusive interview. Ustedes son mexicanos, ¿no? Sí, somos mexicanos. ¿Y ustedes? Oh, this is not the right one. Somos colombianos. ¿Y de qué parte de Colombia son? Somos de Bogotá. I, I, I do apologize. That was the... This is the right one. In three, two... Good morning, listeners of A Decanter of Banter, Southeast Queensland's most controversial 4 to 5 a.m. radio show, presumably, well, at least on Tuesdays. We are joined by a very special guest this morning, Hamish from Twinfolds, a local band but about to take on the world. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Mr. Harry Rivali. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Obviously, it's a very brave, very bold move, obviously, to address the rumours and the media speculations being yeah. surrounding the band. Is it true that you did kick a refugee on the Austro-Hungarian border. I cannot comment on that at this time, unfortunately. Oh, oh sorry. No, wrong question. That's for the next that's for the next artist. No, it's for oh, Anthony Kalia. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no, is it true you have a new song? Yeah, that that I can comment on. Yes, we do have a new song. This is the uh the world premiere right here on the decanter of banter. Yes, this is this is massive. Obviously, it's setting shockwaves at the local music community. It's going to be debuting live on uh, Fortable Z. The most we've debuted before was a fart joke, so this is a big step up. Yes, this is this is good. I'm not sure it's better than a fart joke, but um, I suppose that's up for the listeners to to figure out. Twinfolds always very hard on yourselves. That's why you keep trying and making better tracks all the time. <laughs> that's us. Anyway, it is the is the it's the first of uh, May right now. We're not doing this the night before, so a pinch and a coward punch for the first of the month, Hamish. Yes, and and one to you. I, I think you you made me promise not to pinch you on air when I uh, asked you to come on the show. <laughs> yes, and I, you, I can make no promises. I <laughs> know oh, <laughs> you can't trust rock musicians. <laughs> Keep your daughters away. Um, well, no, this is great news. This is big news about the new song. Um, but obviously. The, we've come to talk about more than the new song. There's some big existential questions to get through as well. Um, there's a, a gig. Yes, th- yes, there's a gig. There is a gig coming up, and, and this gig features us. Yes. Whereabouts is it? Uh, it's at um, 38 Berwick Street um, in the All Ages venue there with the uh, Music Industry College. So, yeah, yes. All and Ages gig on, <laughs> on May 19. And for those at home, that's if you keep walking past the Flying Cock, you'll get to another yeah. road. Turn left there. Yeah, a bit of an unknown area of the valley for some. Yes, past the flying cock. Past no the flying one. cock. No one's going past there. Never go beyond the Black Forest, as they say. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's, but it's an alcohol-free event. Yes, yes, drug and alcohol-free uh, in the afternoon. So, uh, you know, you can get an early night or maybe you can keep going from there. Yes. You know, it's up to you. It's it's a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure after that. Oh, those are the best gigs. Um is, is it an, a classic Australian licensing issue or are you just a Mormon rock band? Um, it's a bit of both, um, <laughs> you know, but half and half. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think we just kind of wanted to say hi to some of our underage fans um, in person because we've had a few people kind of ask us about when we're going to play an all-ages gig, so we figured we may as well do it. Yeah. Do you say many cuss words in your songs? Is that why you've attracted a bit of an underage crowd? Uh, we try not to cuss on the air 
or yeah. in any of our songs. Um, that's more the Mormon side of the band coming through. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you were telling me before that uh, the, the difference. This is the twin folds difference between other rock bands. Is that you? You are very polite. Um, I, I can't. I can't speak for us. Right. Of course, <laughs> that would that would be rude. Right. Um, the yeah. other boys off at Tony's on Brunswick. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> hurling abuse at strippers. But you're here, <laughs> and you've been very, very well mannered so far. Yes. Yes. That's that's what my mother taught me. Right, but I actually think it's the opposite. I think if you do swear a lot in your songs, you, you tend to attract an underage crowd because at that age, swearing is the most dangerous. It's, it's the coolest you know. thing you can <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> but yeah, no, well, it's true. I don't think you need alcohol to have a good time. I I agree with that. Yeah. Yes, you know? I, I went to TBC the other night. Oh, and no one was drinking there, and they were having an awesome time at TBC. Yeah. No, that's that's funny. I I haven't I haven't tried that out. You know, I've never actually been to TBC. It's a bit of a wow black mark on my name. Um, I don't know why. Just never never got around to it. Well, you'll have to go. It's part of the a decanter of banter initiation. Oh, it's your first yes. time on the show. We take you to TV. Straight now. after this, 5 a.m. Yeah. Just get, get the morning crowd. <laughs> no, you, you'll beat the morning traffic on your way to work tomorrow, mate. That's that's the, that's a TVC difference. Um, <laughs> now, uh, to the existential questions. Um, oh, okay. This is a big question. I almost thought I'd needed your permission to ask it before the show. Um, and uh, I did. <laughs> you said you were going to ask a big question. You didn't really say much else. So oh, right. Don't know if that counts. <laughs> we ran out of time, I'm afraid. <laughs> Very punctual. I had to go straight into it. No, look, I, when I was younger, Hamish, they said I could be anything I wanted to be. So I said, I'll be a biscuit. Um, for you, I'd say the same thing. Not the biscuit part. I'd say you can be anything you want to do. You, you are studying law. You've got yourself yep. a, little, a job on the side, yep. right? And you're pursuing music. Do you see any potential conflicts moving forward? Um, look, you'd hope not, but um, I don't know. I, I, that's that's a big question. Who knows where we're going to be in uh, in tomorrow, in in the day after that? You know. Yeah. So um, I you know we'd hope that the music would take off, but you know it's it's all it's all good fun. Wait, so we've heard it here first. You would prefer a music career? Uh, yeah, I think I'd be a bit insane to say I'd prefer to do law than music. Mm, well, some some wouldn't be so insane to say that. They yeah. say that uh, you know, being a lawyer is serving the community and um, being an officer. No, what am I kidding? Well, yeah, of course. I want to get drunk and get girls. Same question to you, though. What about you? You're you're the lawyer over here. You've you've graduated and you're still you're still doing your four triple Z radio show. So yes, yes. Yeah, so I'll, you know, I'll, we're just flipping the ball around here. Look, we're we're two masters of our crafts. Um, with with some law on the side. Look, yeah. Um, I'll I'll go as far as I can. I'll ride this puppy as far as yeah. I can before the wheels come off. Well, that's your answer. You yeah, know. and that's your answer too. Yes, yeah, so a bit of a mirror over here. <laughs> what do the other boys do in the band? Um, you know they all they all play music with me. Yeah. Um, other <laughs> no, other than that, we got uh, Nelson on the drums. Uh, studying engineering. Yeah. Um, Hugh, the bass player, he's just picked up architecture. Yes. And uh, James, the guitarist, is um, about to graduate with uh, medical imaging, like x-rays and stuff. Wow. I thought yeah. you were about to say, James, uh, check out at IGA, but you're lucky he's still there as well. I was, on, another word about your drummer. Um, being one of the best drummers of my generation, often I see bands and I get yeah. a bit frustrated because I think I can drum better. Yes. But your guy, where'd you find him? He's a ripper. Yeah, no, he, he is fantastic. And uh, I've got to say, having played in a band with you, Harry... Um, it's it's pretty pretty level playing field, you know. Thank you, Amy. And much the same. Um, <laughs> but I'm not dragging, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I've been defamed in that that's way a, before. That's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. We uh we we went to school with him. Um, 
used to play in the in the school band with him and once once he graduated we just said hey do you want to come play some real music yeah yeah or was he playing jazz or classical uh, music before yeah come get the real everything stuff. yeah yeah come write your own stuff yeah well that's good because often when i see bands i feel like a swedish person coming to australia and looking at our education system you know i'd be like yeah, come on yeah. do better <laughs> it's, it's very similar yeah. yeah yeah but not not when i go to a twinfold show very impressive all very musically talented did, did, you, did you all study music in high school um not all of us uh nelson um and i both studied in high school and nelson did a bit of jazz drumming after school as well yeah. at um jmi um but you know i like i said james um the guitarist nelson and i we all kind of grew up playing music through school together oh, so that that's that's where you that's, all found that, them yeah that's like the core of it and then hugh was um kind of introduced to us through a friend and oh. he's just playing bass on the side he also plays a bit of drums but oh yeah. a bit of competition within the band within the band yeah you know? <laughs> forget the external forces of the decanter of banter there is competition for drumming within the band um wh- where are they now i mean i brought enough finger food for five um i don't know to be honest sorry if the fish is a bit warm it's been sitting in my car trunk all day i, I don't have their numbers yeah <laughs> you don't talk much <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk much <laughs> they often go you, you call them up on saturday night say what do you got to guys and the other four say oh you know, we, we got a, we got a wedding, man. So <laughs> we got James's engagement party, man. Sorry, we'll, we'll see you at band practice. <laughs> Bit of a black sheep of the family. Yeah, no, no, you're right, mate. But um, yeah, going going back to the what is essentially a Lutwich Road of sorts. Um, mm. bit of a Musgrave Road, five yeah, ways, uh, a fork in the road in your life, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, if I can call you the Elise Perry of of uh, males in the music industry. Pro- you you probably couldn't. I'd, I'd disagree with that. <laughs> for those at home, Elise Perry, the, the great female athlete who played both soccer and cricket for Australia. Yes, I'm hoping to play law for Australia later on. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was facing an ultimatum one day. Um, the cricket uh, final, the 2020 final yeah. was on yeah. the same night as the soccer uh, semi-final. Yeah, what, did you, do you think she made the right choice, sticking with cricket? It, we go back to the old analogy. If you play every sport, you go to the Olympics for, for none. Oh, you could go for the decathlon. That's true. Yeah. There's always a loophole, isn't there? There's always a loophole in every saying. <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking like a lawyer. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I also want to raise, uh, speaking of the law, uh, a bit of a legal issue, Okay. Um, Hamish. Yep. Um, I found a pretty distinct uh, similarity uh, between your new track, which we will be debuting later, and a great classic hit. And I don't want to be the one to tell you, but I have to be because I'm your friend yeah. and fan. Um, you're going to get bankrupted, mate. I'm I'm very curious to see what this track is. Um, well, I will satiate your curiosity. In case you haven't heard in a while, this is um, this is the new Twin Folds track. Um, in- <laughs> You had the little tss, yeah, yeah. Tss, right? Okay. Just keep that in mind. If you can just keep that going for me while I just... Have, yeah, here we are. Now, this is a track that I like to call Better Be Good To Me by Tina Turner. And Ooh. it's a good thing I call it that because it quite literally is uh, Better Be Good yeah. To Me by Tina Turner. Hear this. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty heavy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't want to be the one. in the face. Well, let's get, we can keep that going, actually, but I like that song. Um, <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the new track a little bit more. Um, 
Uh, am I listening to the new song or just Tina Turner? I forget which one I started playing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll, no, we'll turn it off. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, that's not... I have no... I don't know how that got in there. That is not mine. I was not playing Sean Paul. Um, now, speaking of the new track, there are some pretty saucy lyrics. Uh, you say, for example, I'll follow you to the red light. What do you mean by that? Um, what does anyone mean by anything, you know? Um, oh, this is getting so existential. It's <laughs> well, you, madness. You, you framed it that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's whatever you want it to mean. The whole song's kind of... Um, I don't know how to describe it. Hugh, Hugh wrote the lyrics. Right. Um, oh, we've got a bit of a Noel Gallagher, Liam Gallagher situation. We've got the yeah. the guy writing lyrics and you're just singing them. Yeah, well, sometimes. you know, yeah. it's, We all write a bit of, bit of stuff. Oh, that's know? good. Yep. Even the drummer. Yeah, even the drummer. He he came up with the tss, tss, yes. So he after this, he got your suit. <laughs> straight after this, I'm gonna be uh, you know texting someone to find out his number so I can call him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Is, is it about when you write a song about a woman? Do yeah. You have any particular it, woman in mind? Not in particular with this one. Um, this one's kind of about living with someone um, and just watching them kind of, in a way, um, have like destructive behaviours. And wanting to reach out to them a bit, mm-hmm. um, but also you can you can read it however you really want to with that like within the scope of relationships with people. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't particularly think about one person when I when I write stuff. Yeah. But um, it I think it helps when you're performing stuff to have someone in mind and imagine yourself singing it to them. Yes, the, yeah. so you can be more emotional on stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, do. Yes, so that is a tactic that you use yeah. in order when you're singing live someone else's song, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you do need to think about that stuff, otherwise it, I don't know, flatlines a bit. Yeah, it's not impossible. People read yeah. poems by Emily Dickinson all the time, and they relate to it a lot. Yeah, well, and if they did a poem reading, yeah, tears. Yeah, we're getting deep here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you are four intelligent lads. Generally, the the songs are quite intelligent. I mean, I particularly enjoyed your uh, was it your last single, No Feeling Is Final. Was it? Uh, that was part of the EP last of, year. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I like that sentiment, that no yeah. feeling is final. If you're feeling yeah. like bollocks, don't worry. It's not the last feeling you have, yeah. right? Keep, you're keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah, but if, you, if you're in love and you're on top of the moon, you're, you're in, so happy, that feeling's also not final. Yeah. Like, I and Twinfolds are here yeah. to tell you. Uh, no feeling is final. Yeah. There you, go. you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not another grim. world premiere. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, love, I love that sentiment. Um, oh, oh, my days. This is a very special segment. I had no idea this was happening. I'm time sho- for fan I'm mail. A, I'm as shocked as you are. It's time for fan mail. I'm, oh, I'll wow. have to rip into some of this. Oh, God. All right. Here we are. Okay, a bit of fan mail. This one is from Terry from Bolimba. Oh, God. Not Terry. Oh, this guy's the worst. Yeah. This guy's the worst. He writes in every week telling That's me I'm insane. not... Yeah, telling yeah. me I, I'm not diverse enough my show in the, I'm like Terry it's just me you know <laughs> he's saying I'm not <laughs> saying my staff isn't diverse enough anyway uh, he's got a bit of fan mail for you Twinfolds yep as the sole representative he says uh, show cause why I should not refer Twinfolds to the Australian Human Rights Commission for lack of diversity there are no women in the band sent from my iPad <laughs> What do you have to say to Terry from Bulimba? Um, Terry, I think you should refer us. 
Um, and let's see how far up you can get that in the Australian Human Rights Commission. <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on their form, we'll probably I'm, go all the I'm, way. I'm calling your bluff, Terry. <laughs> Book a flight to Canberra, Hamish. That's all i got to say. Um, it, it does beg the question. I mean, yeah. we live in an age where, um, you know, we are trying to get women more involved in the music industry. Yeah. I, we, for example, we have quotas here uh, for Z. Um, they do inadvertently punish bands that have no female members. Do you feel like if you had, say, a female backing vocalist or cellist? A cellist. A cellist? Do you feel like that would help you uh, in your musical ambitions? Uh, I I think at the end of the day, you've still got to write good music. um, And that doesn't really bring gender into it at all. Um, You know, maybe your song might get listened to. It's more likely to get listened to because you've got a girl in the band or, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know. I, I, I still think they're... At the end of the day, it's about the music. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You I've, can't, I've got no complaints about it. You can't ever take anything away from any band. Really. Yeah, no. And no. Um, and in terms of, like, finding a correlation between how much a band gets played and yeah. and their, their you know, fan, fandom, yeah. um, often there isn't really a correlation. I mean, uh, for example, I don't like to say this. It's almost like a, a cuss word on this show, mm. but on Triple J, last year, Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever, their mm. track... French Press. Oh yeah, yeah. Great was song. the fifth most played song on Triple really? J for for that year. I did not know that. And it didn't even make the what what they have the, the that one hundred thing. Oh, that, I forget yeah. the name of it. Yeah. But it didn't even make that list. So really? there's not really a correlation sometimes. That's um, interesting. If if we're going to get um, like an, if you're going to have your quotas, you can't eat them too. As far as I'm concerned, look, there are way more male homeless people. So if we're going to get women in these CEO positions. Maybe we've got to put some out in the street as well, just to balance things out in every department, right? I, I think that's that's a bit of a, a pit you're heading into there, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where does it stop? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just a bit of locker room talk with a couple of mates. No, uh, we'll probably edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I have time. Um, no, look. So we've got another one from Lisa Gumdale here. Um, we'll rip into this. Um she says, uh, pretend you're the bus driver. At the first stop, two people get on. At the second stop, three get off. At the third stop, six people get on and nine people get off. At the fifth stop, six people get off, three people get on, and then one person decides last minute they'll get off too. At the ninth stop, three on, seven off. At the eleventh stop, two on, six off. The question? Who's the bus driver? Um... That's a good question. Makes you wonder. What did I just say? Uh, in, what did Lisa say? Sorry, there's fan mail. That you, pretend you're the bus driver. Oh, okay. See, these fans but, go but, around. They want us to listen yeah. to their music. And they, they don't even listen, listen to, to Lisa. Us, yeah. They don't even listen to the fans. Yeah. All these bands trying to get on here, and, and they're not <laughs> listening to your show. You know, that's the problem. It's, it's got to be a two-way, two-way street in this industry. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think. Do you think that's a big issue facing the music industry that they're not listening to the people? Well, they're not. They're not listening to your show. I think mm. that's the bigger issue. That is the biggest issue of all. Yes, I, I think for it's the not peop- my problem is theirs. The people in this room. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've been to plenty of bands, and I stand there at the front, and I just yell, "Play the hits! Play the hits!" And they never listen. No. No, because they get sick of everyone shouting that at them. Yeah. Do you yeah. get requests? Do you get people come up and request it? Oh uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, Every, there's always that one guy at the at the pub who wants to hear Wonderwall, yeah. all the time. You know, <laughs> do you give it to him? Do you, maybe you should just learn Wonderwall. Do like a really crazy version of it. Maybe you know, you've you've opened my horizon there. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, since you asked nicely, that's all I wanted. I just didn't want to get shouted. They never say you know, please. They never say please. They never introduce themselves. They never say, hey, I'm John. Yeah. It's just play Wonderwall. And you're a polite band. Yeah. You know. You're a very polite band. It's it, There's a little sign on the front of the stage saying we are polite. Yeah. And you say thank you at the end. Yes. For having us. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a fan, so why can't I, why can't I ask a question? Let's continue the fan mail. We'll even okay, get that feedback just to give it well, more legitimacy. Yeah. All right, so I've got a fan mail question. Yeah. Now, I've developed a habit lately when um, a colleague at work from a different floor finds themselves on my floor, I say something like, thank God you're here, they're just around the corner. And then invariably they always say, what's just around the corner? That's my question for you. What's what just is just, around the corner yeah. for Twin Folds? Um, well, I mean, for the rest of the year, we're just planning on... Um, writing and releasing singles um, and progressively touring out of Brisbane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's that's about it. Just keep writing and figuring out what we want to do and, yeah, build it from there. Yeah. Yeah, nothing yeah. too exciting. One step at a time. Yeah, one um, step at a time. Yeah, so are you planning an album at some time? Uh, in the long run eventually. Um, yeah. I, I think short term it's just singles at the moment. It's. I think we've kind of learnt it's, um, it's more economical to do a single. Yeah, people don't really care if you release four songs or you release one. You could just release, you know, four singles over a couple of months. And it's the same thing. You're preaching to the choir boy yeah. here because I think the way that people consume music has changed. Yeah, for and sure. with uh, streaming, um, you don't need an album anymore. No. Just release what's good, and then people will just consume that. Yeah, well, there's, there's something nice about an album you can put on start to finish. You know. And you get the physical, co- like, yeah, you it fits the, the vinyl record. It's yeah. good to see the tangible form. Yeah, no, there's something really, really nice about that. Um, but I'm with you on that. You know, you, you, sometimes all you need is a single. Mm. So, yeah. Actually, with technology, uh, they've actually scientifically discovered that the average length of an, a song introduction has, like, more than halved because when people are listening on music streaming, they need to get hooked yeah. ASAP. Really? Otherwise, they skip. Yeah. That's, scary, that's man. Interesting, yeah. Scary. Like, if you think about a lot of songs that you might have heard lately, just begin with the chorus, like straight in, boom. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Now you mentioned it. Yeah. Like, think about it in this day and age, who's going to make the next stairway to heaven? Well, exactly. You know, who's going to make that that Tina Turner song? I'll tell you who's making the next stairway to heaven. A band that no one knows because I keep getting skipped. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. did you listen past it's, the eight minute mark? It's already been made. That's the thing. We don't know. Oh my god, I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. <laughs> Made in 2004. Put, putting the call out now. If you know the next stairway <laughs> to heaven, send it in via fan mail next yeah. week. Re- fan mail, it'll get read. Anyway, fantastic. Yeah, I just wanted to get uh, in your in your head there. Do the Charlie Teo, as it were. Just get in your head right. and find out what you're thinking. <laughs> um, look, in terms of you say, you say fans, you have people who come to your gigs, they make requests, sometimes impolitely. Do you have a name for your fans? Like Lady Gaga and her little monsters. Like Believers. No, um, I think we know all of our fans by name. That's that's the name for them. You memorised all well, of we, them? We memorised all of them. <laughs> oh, all, Even all you. thousands. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the twin folds difference, knowing your yeah. fans by a first name basis. That's It's going to get difficult, you know, mm. later on. Yeah. What do you mean later on? Well, yeah. they all clicked attending on the <laughs> Facebook event. <laughs> well, I was thinking perhaps you could call them twinners. Twinners. That's interesting. Mm. Um, I'll have to, to put it to the other members of the band. Yeah, it's like I, 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 I've been to a couple of... I've twinned a couple yeah. of times, and I saw a couple of fans there both times. I saw Mike Crowley. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Henry Bretts, are they twinners? Yeah, I, th- I think so. They wear the shirts. Yeah. Know? They wear the shirts a fair bit. Yeah. Yeah. Will Baxter, he's a twinner. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh. we, he's got his own band, so, you know, we all support each other. So before your gig, on what date? 19th of May. 19th of May at... Uh, Berwick Street at in what the valley. T- what time would the band be on? What, what, doors. Doors. Doors from 4pm. Nice and, and it'll be over by 7. Yeah, over by 7pm. Get in there nice early. Right. Yeah. So, but before that, right, on the on the afternoon of the 19th, early afternoon, of course. Early afternoon. I'll be texting the lads going, you, you twinning tonight. Yeah. You twinning You twinning. Tonight. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Let me know if it catches on. Well, of, of course, of course, you had to rebrand the band, yeah. as it were. Yeah. You, you used to be called Vertigo. Do I say its name? Oh, yes. Is that going to cause copyright issues, just merely saying it out loud? That's interesting. Um, yeah, no, we used to be called Vertigo. I think it was one year ago today that you are, uh, yeah, you came to our single launch at Black Bear. And the, uh, what a night. That was the last time you talked about us. That was the last time we spoke, Harry. Where have you been? I've seen you around. I just uh, like, I see you walking through the shopping center and I just did the look away. Yeah, the look away. The, yeah. the smile and nod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, oh, got to go. Oh, yeah. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Car's running. Kai always bar- embarrasses me in front of my friends. I'm going to keep walking. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm glad I'm glad to see Twinfolds, the music's done the talking and the ba- the fans are back on. Because obviously it's been very difficult. Um, even the little thing like a Facebook page. A lot oh. of people who'd liked that, and all of a sudden you need to get them on board with the new I'll page. I'll tell you what, if I've got one piece of advice for the listeners out there, never start a Facebook page and then want to change the name on it. It just, it doesn't work. We, we tried to, and you, you send a request to Facebook, yeah. and then we eventually were like, okay, we'll just start a new Facebook page. And, um, you know, two months in into the new Facebook page, Facebook sends us a, a notification saying, we've changed the name of your Facebook page. So, oh. so we then had two Twinfolds pages. You were twinning with we were, the pages. We, yes, twinning pages. Um, yeah, so that 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 kind of uh, took a bit of momentum out of us. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we've we've recovered. So. Yeah, the cream always rises, baby. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I know what you mean. Uh, my show used to be called the Yowie Manzana. Exactly. And when I had yeah. to make the new page, just lost tens of, literally tens of people. Yeah. All ten of them. Tens. And, well, look, and, and you, it doesn't matter that you say to them, "Look, I'm over here." They yeah. Just, um, yeah. Some I mean, think about all the friends you have on Facebook right now. If you had yeah. to make a new, like, personal Facebook, yeah. I mean, all all those people you added who you met at that you know hostel in Vienna six years ago, yeah. Um, they're not going to come across. You don't know that they could. <laughs> they could want a place to stay in Australia. That's true. <laughs> Well, it was all good. I'm glad the band the band's doing well. The new track is awesome. Thank you. I've had Thank the pleasure of listening to it multiple yeah. times today. You gave me the secret SoundCloud. I got the exclusive first listen. I'm not yeah. even sure if you've listened to it. If, I, if you've been I haven't. This is the first time I'm going to hear it. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, you're ex- you're excited, and you're, yeah. and you're, but you're a bit nervous about the lawsuit from Tina Turner. Yes, she is money hungry, mate. She, she will is. bankrupt you. Look, um, I, look. Let's just hope I've got a good lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> represent yourself. <laughs> well. Hamish, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I just want to ask you one final question. Um, when you go to the toilet sometimes and you do a number two, do yep. you ever say any final words to the, the poo before you flush it? Uh, I don't think so. You ever, you ever yeah. just yell out, Finish him! <laughs> I No, I, I don't think I've ever done that. What, what about, you know, just a little, good Goodbye, my, my little brown friend. I'll, I'll miss you. Nothing like a good poo joke, is there, Harry? No. <laughs> We're debuting this one. This is a debut 
toilet uh, toilet joke. Um, what about what about just like a little? I'll never let go, Jack. <laughs> Not even that. No, can't say I've done that. Right. No. So you really are a polite rock and roll band. Yeah, Not getting any toilet humour out of this guy. <laughs> 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 well, I will debut your new track in just a moment. Unfortunately, we've got to hit the, the female quotas, so we're going to play a couple of 17-year-old singer-songwriters. Uh, one final thing. Yeah. I was watching my friend play soccer on Sunday. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, and he was playing Willowong, which is a bit, bit of a yeah. Serbian area in Brisbane. Yeah. A lot of Serbians. Really? And um, we were yelling out, his name was Angus, so we were yelling out, go Angus! And then sometimes we go, go Gussie! And yeah. next time, go Angus. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, this, the, and then this guy behind us was, was Serbian yeah. and uh, he just yelled out you Angus and then we turned around and we were like what and he, he was this deadpan Serbian man with a cap and, and a neck tattoo and we said oh yep I, I agree you Angus <laughs> and um, <laughs> and because we were going Angus then Gussie um, at the end <laughs> the guy goes off back to Tawong, Angus, and take Gussie with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hamish, thanks for coming in today, and thanks to Hames too. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is the new track, Red Light, by Twin Folds. You'll catch them on the 19th of May. At Berwick Street. Berwick Street. But what's the building? Uh, it's the Music Industry College. Music 38 Berwick College. Street. 38 Berwick Street. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be a uh, no-alcohol, no-drug affair. Yeah. And it promises to be... A absolute cracking night. Yeah, just a polite evening. Yeah, with a polite band. There you go. And if you ask nicely... We might take requests. Yes. <laughs> That's the twin folds difference, guys. Together, something's in a hell I want 
there the, the fantastic new track from brisbane's own twin folds you heard the mellifluous voice of hamish litster the front man of the band um in both the the track and uh the interview beforehand that is the exclusive debut you have not heard it anywhere first a decanter of banter the home of new music a decanter of banter where you hear it first new music that's a decanter of banter um uh, this is, of course, Southeast Queensland's most controversial 4 to 5 a.m. radio show, presumably, well, at least on Tuesdays. Um, now, I, many times in my life, have had the key. Sometimes I'm opening the, the front door to the house and I've got the key. Maybe I'm about to start the car and I've got the key. Uh, maybe I'm locking incriminating documents in a wooden chest and with a key. And then I throw it in the river. So in many times in my life, I've had the key. But I also now have the secret. Let me tell you you guys a little story. Um, the other day, I finally realised, after a very expensive dinner in Paddington, it was a pretty crappy burger. And... And my, my missus got a, a bit of a steak and it looked a bit like an RSL sort of standard. And I walked away at the end, after a couple of drinks as well, of course, um, to wash it all down. I walked away with a $75 bill. And I said, this is this does not fly. Um, this is not living within my means. And a bit of a day, a bit of day or two later, I realised what the secret is. I've always had the key, but now I have the secret. The secret to living a good life is living within your means. And I immediately told my girlfriend, and um, and she <laughs> she said, "All right, you pay for dinner once, and all of a sudden you're, you're posing this big existential question because of the seventy-five dollar bill." And it was a lovely dinner. 
It was uh, uh, the the company was better, but um, you know, it was I suppose it wasn't that bad. But the the the, the meal that is, and basically, when you get it, when you get a girlfriend, all right. Um, you take a little bit of money from your beer budget and you have to put it into the, the cafe budget. And I guess I realised more profoundly than just this situation that I mean, there are a lot of people out there, they, they get a home loan for a house and it's just uh, a better house in a better area than maybe their economic status uh, probably entitles them to. And they, and they get into financial trouble, they go gambling... Um, and th- and things take a bit of a downward spiral. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm here to tell you that after sixty thousand dollars in the annual salary, if you if you have an annual salary of sixty sixty thousand dollars, after that, it's diminishing returns. Like you don't get unhappier if you get sixty five thousand dollars, right? But when you start to earn more money after sixty thousand, all right, you actually you don't get as happy as say between forty and sixty. So the difference between 40 and 60 is way more than 60 to 80. You, you get me? You're picking up what I'm putting down, so to speak. It's about diminishing returns. Um, if you have enough money to sort of do the things that you enjoy doing, if you have enough money to buy a film ticket, um, you know, vinyl records, and there is a certain magic, there is a certain romance in saying, well, look, I can't buy every vinyl record I want to buy. I'm going to buy only a few, maybe one a month, and then you get sentimentally attached to it. It means more to you than if you could simply go out and get another one. It's just like the guy who can only pull one one girl. You know, there's a guy who's just covered in warts. He's got he's got a he's got facial warts, and he can he, he finds a girl and he gets one girl. That that girl means so much more to him than those guys who can go out to the flying cock every weekend and pull double double digits. Like you know. Um, it, it means more to you when things are rationed. Got the key and the secret, guys. But um, anyway, look, it just I I, I heard that. Uh, well, I'm not, it's not really confirmed if Avicii killed himself. Well, last time I checked, but uh, his family put out a bit of a statement. And they said he struggled with. Um, meaning, life, and, and and happiness, and and he he was obviously asking himself very big existential questions. And so think about this: so many people are out there, and they say, "Oh, I want girls, I want fame, I want money." Avicii had all those things, and he killed himself. So, um, you know, you you can't suggest that you'll have all three of those things and be happier. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to sit here and tell you the best things in life are free. All right, De- defaming George Columbaris live on the radio is great fun, but it's very costly. He sues you. He's very litigious. Um, uh, uh, look, I-, I actually once figured out the meaning of life. I think it was about two, three years ago. I was sort of sitting there looking at the clouds, and I realised what the meaning of life was. And I distinctly recall thinking, oh, well, that's it. Yeah, well, I got it. All right, well, let's just do that then. And I went to tell someone about 10 minutes later. I said, look... Um, sit down. I've got the meaning of life here for you. I've got the key, got the secret, so to speak. And um, and I just, I just forgot. I opened my mouth and no words came out. I said, "I've completely." It's like when you when you wake up from a great dream and you go, "Wow, that dream was crazy." Um, if you don't write that one down as soon as you wake up, 
or, or, or tell someone about it, um, that, that, that memory is just, it was actually there just waving goodbye. You have forgotten it. And so next time I do figure out the meaning of life, I will write down. That's what I did. That's why I wrote down when I, uh, the secret to a good life is living within your means. And um, but I can tell you, and this is the good news, I figured out the meaning of life and I'm still here. I didn't kill myself. So it's good. The meaning of life is good. Obviously, a lot of things worth living for. Um, uh, anyway, so my the, the, the great takeaway here, guys, and this is the key, this is the secret. Um, if you don't have swag when you have $10, you're not going to have swag when you've got $1 billion. Money can't buy swag. So don't look at your bank account and say, that's why I don't have swag. I don't have lots of money. You don't have swag because you think that you need money to have swag. People who have swag don't think about it. They just swag. I realise, look, I have a dream job. There's a dream job for me out there. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, but, you know, there, there, are, there, are, there, are, there is a life that I want, right? And there is a job, you know, that I particularly want. And I can tell you I've met people who have that job who are miserable. So I can't ever say that, oh, things will be good when I get that job because there's no correlation between having that job or that thing that I want and being completely satisfied with my life because I've, I've seen people before with that job who are miserable. It's the key. It's the secret, guys. All because I had that one expensive dinner in Paddington. Um, anyway, I went to a Titanic exhibition a few weeks ago with my brother visiting him down in Sydney and um, he said hey there's a Titanic exhibition like possibly like it's like it's pretty lame but like yeah, maybe we could just go you know if you're not doing anything and I was like oh yeah maybe he was like no come on let's go and um, so we went and um, and it was a little bit distasteful I think well, look I know the, the Titanic the sinking of the Titanic uh, was quite a long time ago maybe we are a little bit detached because you know I think it, most survivors of the Titanic there's probably only one or two left so everyone's a bit detached no one knows no one knows a living person who was there kind of thing and um, but you know, your ticket for the entry into the exhibition had like a name on it and what class you were you know first second third class and um, you know the, at the end of the exhibition, there were these big boards. There was this big board um, saying uh, who died, and then this little little uh, board next to it, slightly smaller, about who survived. And um, there, everyone's standing around going, oh, hi, you died. And then people are waving their ticket going, oh, yay, my guy survived. And, um, and it comes to, you know, I hope that, you know, through, with through Anzac Day and stuff like that, we don't reflect on... You know the the world wars like that, but um with some detachment. But um I was actually uh my, my I think I think my my ticket I got a guy in third class who actually survived, but I believe when he got off the Titanic um when he, when he got off the the you know the rescue ship the other side he actually was hit by a horse and cart crossing the road two weeks later, but um I on Anzac Day uh, I did uh I. I I did actually not get round to playing two up. Um, we, me and my girlfriend we were running around doing different things. We watched the AFL and the AFL um, Anzac Day special finished uh, actually after 
most games are two up at the pubs are, are finished. So I realised that I couldn't play two up that day and I would have to wait a whole nother year. And I actually cried. I cried at least one soft tear and she thought that was quite um, hysterical. And um, she was desperately trying to find 20 cent coins saying, we can play two up here. We can Just, just us two, like a private two up. It was just not the same. But um, anyways, the Titanic, right? There were like 1,500 people died. You know, it's a lot of people. Um, and there, there was this thing, right? There's this big ice cube. And it said, touch the ice with your hand. It was, And he said, this ice is zero degrees. In the When the Titanic sank, that water, because it was salt water, it was actually like minus three degrees, but it wasn't frozen because of all the salt. So to hold your hand there against the ice. You're going to hold it there for about you know five seconds before we go, ouchie, ouchie, too cold, too cold. And actually the water, when the Titanic sank, was even colder than that. So if you were just bobbing around floating in there, you didn't stand a chance. Good morning. Buenos dias. Ni hao. This is going worldwide. And a candor of bandits going worldwide. Terry from Balimba has just texted in. He says, no, it isn't. Terry, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is going statewide. Well, region-wide, anyway. Southeast Queensland. It's going region-wide this morning, guys. Very fresh this morning as well. Bit nippy. Looked at the jumper as I left. I said, not today. Not today. you got to squeeze every last bit of juice out of summer as you can. We're not in Melbourne here, guys. Let's not get carried away. Don't need to buy those big overcoats. In fact, technically, we probably get paid more up here in Brisbane because we don't have to spend as much money on winter weather gear. And winter weather clothing is so expensive. All you need around here is just an, your, your local lawn bowls jersey. And you can wear that all year round. Yeah, so very fresh this morning. Fresh with a dollar sign instead of an S. A good fresh, not too, not too fresh. Um, so much for global warming, right? Out there, you know, I wore, I wore a jumper for the first time actually um, on Sunday. Went up to uh, Mary Cane Cross Park up near Mullaney, Montville to be to be particular. Um, we had a picnic, me and my girlfriend. We were overlooking the Glasshouse Mountains from uh, Mary Kane Cross Park. Is that newsworthy? Uh, is that newsworthy? Uh, probably not. I just wanted to tell you that I went on a great date. I just want to share it with the world because it gives me butterflies just thinking about it. Um, yes, if you guess the latter, you're absolutely correct. Not newsworthy. Um, but there were two park benches that overlooked the Glasshouse Mountains. They, so they need to poison some trees and chop them down because there's some other park benches, but you can't, um, you can't see the Glasshouse Mountains. They've got all these pesky trees in the way. Just poison them and move on. That's what everyone does in Noosa um, with varying levels of success. I think one place uh, over near Little Cove Actually, they you know they they brought in the forensic experts. They brought in you know the CSI guys, and they looked at the tree and they said, "Yep, this one's been poisoned." Um, and and we think it was those guys over there in that bungalow um, who used to be directly behind the tree, and they now seem to have a clear view of the ocean. So what they did, they erected a sign that said, uh, "These trees were poisoned 
and have been replaced by this sign until the other ones grow back. And that sign went all the way up and blocked the house's view. And that that showed them. Um, very good work from the Sunshine Coast Council. And, uh, yeah, so... The, the, the one of the park benches with what we probably arguably the better view the glasshouse mountains um there was this one uh, lonely man sitting there taking up the whole picnic bench and um we were, we were it was a bit inconvenient I was a bit irked so I was standing from afar saying what do we do I mean we want to sit there on that park bench there's a lonely man there he, you know he wants some company and um my girlfriend says well maybe you know I'm thinking maybe we could you know, he looks so lonely. Um, maybe we could, you know, and I say, say no more. I know exactly what you're thinking. And I walk over to the man and I ask him, can you take you and your loneliness and off? Now, Burnt Ends uh, was a restaurant, and I emphasize was, not is. Uh, rather ill-fated. I believe it closed. Tell you, I... I Sometimes you have to verify these things. You, you say a, a functioning and open restaurant is closed and then people come and sue you. It's happened too many times. Um, uh, permanently closed, Google says so. I can move forward with some comfort there, saying that Burnt Ends is now, it was, is now a was. Burnt Ends is now a was. It was uh, uh, rather ill-fated. It, uh, it was a restaurant in, in Petrie Terrace in the barracks. And uh, it was reviewed in the Australian. And it's not too often that the in, in the Australian, you know, a, a nationwide newspaper, a local Brizzy restaurant gets a review. So it was a very proud moment for a lot of people involved, um, not the least of which myself. I'd never even been there before, but I just liked, I liked to see it there. And, um, you know, usually Brisbane only gets in the national news if banana prices go too high. It's finally that they, they finally uh, perk up and notice and they go, well, you know, what's going up there? What's going on up there? What is with these banana prices? And they go, oh, there was a cyclone. <laughs> what happened? Um, anyway, but I get a lot of pride at seeing Brisbane in the national news. Even uh, a few years ago, uh, ISIS themselves, they stopped and they took time out of their day to name drop Brisbane in one of their jihadi things. And, um, uh, and, and I said, you know what? Um, you're absolutely right, ISIS. Uh, Brisbane and the southeast Queensland would be a great uh, terrorist target. I mean, there's lots of things to do, lots of people out and about in the summer, great sporting and music events. You're absolutely right, Isis, and, and thanks for noticing. Um, gives me butterflies just thinking about it. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a rather fine line because there are guys out there and they go, oh, man, Stacy, she's so hot, she's so hip, she's so funky. She'll never notice a guy like me. And then one day, Stacy's walking out of English class and she drops her books. And you you go, oh, Stacy, I'll get those. And you, you're picking them up. And, uh, and she says, oh, you know, get your oily mitts. Get your oily mitts off my books, you filthy animal. And then you're going, wow, Stacy noticed me. She talked to me. And you go, filthy animal. She called me a filthy animal. Piglets are filthy animals. Girls love piglets. Stacy loves me. And um, basically, the uh, the Burnt Ends restaurant was a bit of a, a culinary 
uh, equivalent of that sort of situation. Um, it was given a one-star review in the Australian, and basically, it, that's pretty. That's pretty low. But yeah, for those of you that know, there was a Sydney couple uh, who went down to the Coogee Bay Hotel back in two thousand and eight, and um, they'd put in a couple of complaints about about you know, the noise. It was NRL Grand Final night. Things were being get a bit rowdy. And um, eventually the star said, look, we'll get, we'll get you some free gelato. We're so sorry about what's happened tonight. We'll get you a free gelato. And basically what they brought out was, um, well, it probably could have passed for uh, a chocolate uh, flavour. And you know where this is going. And hopefully I don't have to elaborate because um, we don't like toilet humour on a decanter of banter. But um, basically they were given poo. And not even, not even they got a one star review. I think they still scraped in with a with a one point five stars. I think the the nutty flavors got them over there with that extra half star. But even that incident wasn't as quite as bad as what this fellow experienced at Burnt Ends. And um, and and, and so I read the review. I said, what happened? You know, did um, you know, did he get stabbed? Uh, and. Basically, he said the food was, for the most part, all right. You know, I was wasn't hearing too many hyperbolic uh, descriptions of terrible food, but there was this uh, overzealous criticism of the service. You know, it was really unhappy with the service. You know, maybe you know they, they, weren't, they weren't bringing around the instant coffee um, often enough, and um, he didn't want to tip. Um, I mean, service, guys, come on, let's not get hysterical here. Service is about 5% of the deal, right? Um, when when people say, let's go eat out, let's go to a restaurant, let's eat out, they're not saying, they're not saying you know, let's go and pay someone to be nice and attentive to us. Um, I feel a bit like that sometimes. Sometimes when I'm in Queen Street Mall and people are brushing past my shoulders and I'm, you know, dropping my sandwich and... Picking it up and then getting knocked over by all the people, I go. Maybe I would like to to pay someone just be nice and attentive to me and listen to my feelings. But um, uh, no one, no, that's not why people go out. That's like a nice ancillary thing, you know, uh, like a comfy movie movie cinema seat, you know, because no one says, you know, no one writes up in the Australian a, a movie review and gives it one star and says, oh no, I didn't like the film. The cinema seat was uncomfortable. Am I right? Um, no one ever goes to, you know, the National Gallery down in Canberra and says, oh, uh, that was a nice painting, Jackson Pollock's, uh, number five. Oh, no, no good. Um, the gallery didn't have readily identifiable fire exits. I didn't like the painting. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit like saying you read a book, you're reading Zigzag Street by Nick Earls, a seriously great book. Has its own mural in Red Hill. If you're ever on the Red Hill Tourist Trail, have a look. Um, I think the Red Hill Tourist Trail uh, runs about as long as Zigzag Street itself runs. Um, but uh, no one ever says, oh, you know, how'd you like the book? Oh, Zigzag Street. It was terrible. Zigzag Street was a terrible book. There was a seven-foot man, <laughs> there was a seven-foot man in a rabbit onesie hitting me in the back of the head with a spoon the whole time while I was reading it. It is a terrible book. You know, no one ever says that for a reason. Because service and all those ancillary things shouldn't matter. They're fluff. But, um, yeah, what I'm trying to say is I've always thought that service was really unimportant in a restaurant until one fateful day in March. It was a day that began like any other. I rolled out of bed and had a swig of whiskey. I drink to forget.
and um, and around lunchtime, I decided that I would, uh, from my workplace in uh, in the city, um, I would like a salmon going downstream instead of upstream to lay eggs. I would go up Edward Street, uh, up to Upper Edward Street, um, to scale the Mount Kilimanjaro of Brisbane that we do call Wickham Terrace. And there is an Indian restaurant there, which I won't name. We're not here to name and shame Indian restaurants here this morning. But I will say that it did specialise in Punjabi cuisine. Um, And uh, I walk in there and I immediately see um, a plethora of taxi drivers with these fantastic metal uh, plates, uh, these platters, they're silver platters, and I say, "Wow, this is the real deal." And so I walk up and I say, "Look, hey, how are you going?" And they say, uh, "You know, what would you like?" And everything's very cordial. Everything's going very well in this transaction. And then she gives me a number, and I say, "Oh, you know, I want to eat in." She's like, "Yeah, that's right." And so I go and sit down, not far from the counter. And eventually, she calls out my number, um, which is the only number because I'm the only one who's got a little ticket. And I uh, pick up my plate of food. Which is a, it's a plastic plate, and then I grab my plastic knife and fork from a little uh, can nearby, and I have to sit there amongst all these fellows with their fantastic silver platters, eating on my silver plate, and I feel a little bit like an African American in 1950s Mississippi. I'm feeling like a little bit of a second class citizen here, and um, and I immediately go back to my workplace and I voice my concern, and. Uh, and I'm laughed out of the office. They say there's no way. There must have there must have been some confusion. Um, people can't be racist to white people. Um, and so a colleague of mine, he heard this particular Indian place is rather good, and so he said, "You know what? I've heard it's good. I'm going." And uh, it was a couple of days later, and he came back, and he, I still remember the look on his face. He was white as a ghost, and he said, "Harry," um, and he said the name of the restaurant, which I don't, I don't want to name in shame, so we'll just say it's. Um, he said, Harry, uh, put a line through it, never again. And I say, mate, sit down. Uh, you look upset. What what happened? And he says, look, I sat uh, waiting. Uh, I, I got my little number and I didn't know what it meant. So I went and sat out the front on the on the terrace and I was awaiting my, my food, my, my succulent Indian meal. And I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I kept looking over, and there, there they were behind the counter, just sort of, you know, looking at me. Uh, just, and I was looking back, and they were looking at me, and I was looking back, and I was like, maybe I was going to ask them what's going on. So he walks up and he says, "G'day, guys. Uh, ordered that uh, chicken tikka masala just a little while ago. Getting a little bit um, uh, famished over here, and just wondering what's going on. A bit emaciated." And um, they said, "Oh no, your food's been ready for ages. It's right here. We called your number before." And they'd just been looking at him. He'd been sitting there uh, only about 10 metres away. And they were just standing there looking at him um, as he was sitting there and um, didn't think of saying, oh, sir, I think it's your number we called. Um, you obviously didn't hear before. And so he goes, okay. Uh, and then he goes to take the plate and he goes, uh, one of the curries is wrong. Then they got one of the curries wrong. Um, so... Obviously, uh, he was a little bit uh, distressed, and uh, we set him down. We we put some, uh, we put we put a jumper on him, and and he he was fine for the rest of the afternoon. But I was uh, bold enough to say, look, maybe I'll give it another go. Everyone deserves a second chance. If there's one lesson um, you learn from reading the Bible, it's that a lion will eat you if you tell a lie. 
and also that uh, people deserve second chances. And I think it's one of the great messages that the Bible preaches. Um, just a, a little Bible bash uh, there. Um, so basically, I went back to Punjabi Rasoi, and maybe, um, maybe, maybe Jesus could have learned this lesson as well because I was crucified once again. I was in a bit of a hurry. And so I said, look, I'll get, I'll get takeaway this time. My lunch break is almost over, and I'm afraid I cannot enjoy um, yeah, your company and hospitality this afternoon. I must take that back to the office. And so I ordered that, and I was waiting, and I was waiting. And eventually I sort of passive-aggressively sort of hovered near the counter where they put the food, and the lady eventually notices me and she says, oh, sorry, we're just cooking more rice. We ran out of rice. And I thought this would be nice if they told me about that. And um, eventually I sit down and they, they fill up the rice. Um, it's just great news. And then I'll see them filling up uh, the container, which is great. And um, I come back and I tell my horror story again about the rice issue. And then I go back again another time. And uh, this, this time happens to be the last time. Um, it was, uh, I forget the day, it wasn't. It wasn't a traumatic experience. I did sleep that night, but um, they. I said, I'll lead in this time, and I got my ticket, did, did the usual routine. I remembered to sit near the counter so I could hear them uh, this time amongst the, the silver platters of the taxi drivers around me. And they they put in a little takeaway container, but without a lid. And then so went up to get it, and they said, sorry, we ran out of plates. Um, we had to put it in this container. And, and I said, look, I'm not going to eat out of a takeaway container in your restaurant. Just put a lid on it, um, and and I'll and I'll be out of your hair. Just put a lid on it. Um, it's really it's really refreshing when you can say, actually politely, um, and reasonably, put a lid on it, mate. Um, and that that they did. Anyway, um, that's my story about an Indian restaurant in Spring Hill called. Let's play another one. How about a. Uh, something new people always come up to me and they say play something new and I tell them off don't tell me what to do Um, this one is called Sugar and Spice and it's by a local girl called Hatchie Um, filling all the quotas here we like to call these uh, the golden triangles it's local it's new it's female quotas 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 let's talk about the 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 Maya centre um if for those of you who've been to the Maya Centre lately, you know that there's a food court, um, and by lately I mean you know since 1988. Um, and there's one particular store where it's rather new, and they're they're, they're rather overzealous with offering you uh, taste tests. Now, the, what what I'm quite sure is, and I've been to Maya Centre a few a few times, and I just sit there in my fedora, uh, leaning against the pole, and I just watch the world go by, um, and I'm starting to figure out what exactly is going on here, and it's uh, pretty simple. There are way too many food stores and eateries and not enough foot traffic. And uh, basically, everyone's lowering their prices. It's just tragic. As I sit there and eat a delicious uh, big uh, $5.50 barn me, I say, oh, it's just tragic what's happening to these people. They're just getting squeezed. Just like when we when we leave Woolworths with our $3 a kilo juicy apples, we sit there and go, oh, it's just... It's just cruel what they're doing to these farmers. Ugh. <laughs> mm. Deliciously cruel. Um, and it's a bit like that in the Maya Center. And um, and and so this one particular occasion, I, I was, I'd ordered something from the, the place next door. 
uh, to this very overzealous place. And um, what they do, they have this big pile of tortilla chips, and I think they're homemade, and they're just, it's this big mound, and it's the other Mount Kilimanjaro of Brisbane. And um, they say, try, 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 try. And every person who walks past, I was standing there just watching the, the, the poor lady going, try, 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 oh. Try, 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 oh. Try, 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 oh. And, um, and, uh, it rem- it reminded me a little bit of wh- when I used to, but before I met my girlfriend, when I'd be in the club, and you know, you up to someone, and you go dance with me, and they go no, and you go dance with me, and they go yeah, get away from me, and you go dance with me. Um, but th- there was actually a man there before her, and um, I remember the place for some. He was very excited, and he was saying try the chip, and I was like ah, no thanks, <laughs> get away, get away from me, and. Um, and uh, I, eventually, I, I kept seeing him, and his beard was growing longer, and he was looking more dishevelled, and his, he looked like he hadn't slept in seven years. His eyes were really red, and and he was dry, dry, dry. And um, and then one day uh, he wasn't there, and and I actually haven't seen him since. So I hope he's okay. But I was, I thought lunchtime by lunchtime, week by week, I was actually, I thought I was watching this guy lose his marbles. But obviously this particular girl is carrying on his legacy and she's there going, try, try, try. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's, uh, it just scares people off, I think, a little bit when you're too overzealous. I mean, uh, on this occasion, I'd actually, I'd, I'd stood there for long enough waiting for my food. Obviously my food was taking way too long um, because I was noticing the patterns of behavior of the shop next door. But, um, like when a couple of people are looking at the menu, the picture menu, the fellow, uh, the other, there's another fellow who works there, and he's going, "This my favorite, this my favorite, this wrap here, this my favorite," and um, and and the, the, both times the people went, "Ooh," and and they sort of, uh, snaked off into the, the labyrinth that is the mice and a, a food court. And I was thinking it, it just sort of scares people a little bit in the sense like um, I haven't been to General Pants for a while, but that is you know the edgy, the cool, hip. Uh, clothing store, well, at least it likes it likes to think it is. And um, you walk in there, and there's always some 17 year old there who's got tattoos, and you and you go, who? How'd you get the tattoos when you're 16? But anyway, um, uh, don't ask questions you don't know the answer to. And um, they'll always be like, hey, dude, what's up? Just chilling out, checking out the fresh kicks, or you need a hand? And you go, yeah, man, you're speaking Mandarin to me. All right, um, I'm gonna get your street lingo. Um, now, when people think of paradise, you know, they have a dream, and it's, and it's a perfect dream, and then they wake up in a motel in Northgate um, in a puddle of their own sweat. But um, when, when I have a dream of it, my, my idyllic vision of the world, it's nothing like, oh, peace on earth. It's a bit of an ass, guys. Um, it's like those 12-year-old girls who year after year ask their parents for a, for a horse, a pony, and you know they can barely afford the petrol to drive them to school. Not happening. Um, so uh, my vision of uh, the perfect world, my dream, is uh, a gluten-free world, a world without gluten. Um, that's my idyllic vision. Um, the, and I think that's what Gandhi was getting at. I think a lot of people they look back at what Gandhi was saying, what he was preaching. They say peace, you know. Gandhi wanted peace. An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Um, I don't think that's quite what he was saying. I think he was more alluding to gluten there. Um, an eye for an eye makes the whole world celiac. 
And so I went to a gluten festival down in Bowen Hills with my girlfriend on uh, Saturday. Um, and it was a bit of an aggressive gluten-free festival because it wasn't just uh, happy to say, look, this is a festival where you're not going to find any of that pesky gluten. Um, <clears throat> it was it was called We Hate Gluten Festival. It was very spiteful of gluten. Um and I understand, for gluten-free people, you eat gluten, you get, you get a bit flatulent, you get the runs, some people even get a bit aggressive. Some people can't digest gluten properly, and they get aggressive. So I can understand, they probably have something against gluten. They're, 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 they're very hateful of gluten. But, you know, when they have the Italia Festival down in Newmarket, the Italian people don't get together and call it, you know, the We Hate People Who Hate Gluten Festival, all right? Let's not, let's stop preaching the hate, guys. All right, and and what I've discovered on this Saturday is that Brisbane has a very dark, gluten-free underbelly. There was see there were quite a few people there, and uh, there were some people getting around with sunglasses on, even though it was nighttime. And I said, I think I know that guy. I think I know that lady. Um, some some people um, you might even share the bed with are in fact gluten intolerant, and. Um, there was it. They even uh, they were even brewing a gluten-free beer at this particular festival. Did it taste good? No. Um, was it gluten-free? Absolutely. Um, and you know, I like trying new things, so I got no qualms in the world. Just for one day of the year, just for one day of the year, pretending that I hate gluten, um, pretending that I have some deep-seated vendetta against all things gluten, and um, and so I went down just to try new things. I, mean, I, I do draw the line at you know bestiality and crystal meth but i love trying new things and um and gluten-free beer being one of them it tastes a little bit like kombucha you know that uh like the bacteria tea you, you see around the place um it was very fizzy it tastes in fact i would say it tasted like a shandy which is not bad i think shandies are some of the most underrated things in the world they have a bit of a rep here in in australia you know you see, you see someone drinking a shandy and you yeah, no one gets away with drinking a shandy, I tell you that much. You and I sit down with the boys on a warm sat night and you pour yourself a nice, cold, refreshing half glass of beer and then tip a bit of lemonade in there. You're not going to get away with that. But you should, really. The Spanish do it. It gets so hot in summer in Spain, which is about you know the how how warm it is in winter here, and they so they fill up... Um, their beer with a bit of uh, lemonade or uh, something like that just to stay hydrated because if you drink too much in the summer it all goes to your head because you're sweating out uh, a lot of fluid and you get dehydrated more hungover and more drunk so look do this do it do things the spanish way um riot for your independence um and also drink shandies um anyway uh so there are, there are a lot of things that are actually gluten-free. And you, you don't have to, they're not genetically modified or anything. It's not like gluten-free pasta and gluten-free bread or you find things like dairy-free cream and you, and, and you wonder, what sorcery is this? What black magic is this? No, they're just things that just don't have gluten in them, um, like potatoes and chip, you know, chips. Cheese has no gluten. Meat, you know, a sausage, right? So a lot of this food is actually pretty unhealthy. When, when you, the, the line for gluten-free donuts goes around the corner because all these people are in denial about you know if these things are healthy. They're going, oh, I'm on, I'm on the gluten-free diet. I've put on 20 kilos, you know? This stuff is not healthy, guys. Um, I only go gluten-free 
if you can't stomach the stuff, if it makes you flatulent, it gives you the runs. You can't digest it and it makes you aggressive and you fight people and you're you're in the pub on a Saturday night down the on the, bund- the butt end of Fortitude Valley. And for those new to Brisbane um, and for the people at home, the butt end of the valley is actually... Uh, when you cross Wickham Street towards the station. Um, not quite as developed, um, but don't worry. Um, those developers, they'll get the, their hands on those sex shops soon and we'll have some beautiful new apartments. Mm, I just love apartments.